0: Power of the dark side. I'm not a baby, I'm a man! I am an anchor man!
1: Is this a kissing book? The way I
0: see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it with some style? Welcome to episode one of series two of Just Like In The Movies brought to you by GKmedia.ie where we provide digital content and marketing solutions for SMEs throughout Ireland and the UK and eventually globally. That's the grand plan. Anyways, every week we explore what is happening in the Irish film industry and beyond. I'm your host, Gary Kelly, and in this week's show, delighted to be joined by and hopefully for the entire series, our one and only Lisa Tracy. Good evening. Good evening. And our new podcaster, Dave Coyne. Dave, welcome. Pleasure to be here.
2: Yay, Dave. Thank you.
0: Of course, we all know Dave for years. Yes, we do. But it's it's a real pleasure to have him here involved in the podcast. So thank you, Dave. Pleasure. Before we go back to Dave, Lisa, we got to say congratulations, because since we last had you on the show, you got married. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes, I did. Magic. And you've been on holidays practically ever since. Yeah, I'm going to stop that now. Sure. Though. Dave, for our listeners who mightn't be familiar with your background, do you want to give us a little bio about yourself, please?
1: Ooh, I'm a movie buff since I was a knee high. I studied film. I've studied acting. I've studied multimedia. I'm a multimedia professional. I go to the movies too much. I kind of eat, breathe and sleep movies. I talk about movies. I do table quizzes about movies. And... I'm probably the biggest James Bond fan you'll ever meet in your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And he's got the cool car to go with it. Yes, That's true. I, yes, I do. <laughs>
1: and you're
0: involved in the Film FLA as
1: well for years, so people might know you yes. from that. Yes, I was uh, the events coordinator for the Film FLA for approximately 10 years, on mm-hmm. and off, and, uh, m- you know, made a lot of contacts there. Uh, worked on a few films with various people in various capacities in terms of production design, script, location manager, et cetera, et cetera, bits and pieces until I found my current niche in the corporate world of media you know (laughs)
0: that's where we all end up isn't it yes (laughs) okay excellent well this week's podcast i will be speaking to irish actress amy huberman about finding joy which we'll also be reviewing and we will be taking a look at that big phenomenal movie star is born star is born Directed by Bradley Cooper And also me being a big Queen fan Delighted as well that we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody tonight First of all though Let's take a clip from the movie A Star is Born
3: Maybe it's time to the old ways down
0: Baby it's time to let the old ways Takes a lot to change You know, man, in the old days, I always knew, like, you were gonna do something, that you'd be all right. It's the first time I'm worried about you. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Do you write songs or anything?
3: I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Well,
0: Why wouldn't you feel comfortable?
1: Almost every single person has told me they like the way I sounded, but that they didn't
3: like the way I look.
0: I think you're beautiful.
3: I'll hey.
2: What? I just want to take another look at you. i
3: never meet the ground. <laughs> We're far from the shallow.
0: There you go. That is a start. is born a few weeks out in cinemas at the moment, but still gaining huge traction. It's taken in $185 million so far. And, uh, it's November and they're already talking about Oscar season for Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Who wants to go first?
1: I just want to see what kind of meat she's going to be wearing on her dress for the Oscars. She
2: has, she has moved on from okay. those times. Okay. She's an actor now. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah.
1: Because this,
0: you know, she's in American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. But like, but she's kinda, she has to
2: start somewhere. Oh, absolutely. And like, she acted it's not in all her of her thing. videos. Yeah. She well, I mean, she's well. been a
1: performer, I suppose. For yeah. I was, I was just going to say, a performer's a performer and Lady Gaga, love her music or not, she's an amazing performer. And as Lisa said, she performs in all of her music videos. You put a script in front of her and, you know, Bradley Cooper is not a stupid man. He, mm-hmm. if he, he wouldn't have put her in this movie if he didn't think she could do it. And obviously she can deliver, she can do mm-hmm. the performance, she can do the singing. For me, she kind of smacks of uh, Barbara Streisand, not just because of the role mm-hmm. that she's inheriting, but the status of superstar, you know, reclusive, drama queen, actor, musician. And then the skeptics go, oh, she can't act. And then she knocks it out of the park. So mm-hmm. I think she's great. And I thought it was a great performance. Absolutely. So
0: tell us about the movie.
2: The movie is based on a girl who is an aspiring singer. And she works as a waiter, I think, in her regular job. But she sings in a drag club as well. And uh, Bradley Cooper plays an aging rocker and he is an alcoholic and uh, he pops pills and whatnot. That's not really a spoiler alert or anything. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so he is uh, looking for a drink one night and he decides to, well, his driver brings him into a bar because it's the nearest bar and she just happens to come out and sing and she is amazing. And she sings Le Rose and it's flawless. It's Mm. just everything. And then uh, he goes backstage and they have, chemistry and he invites her the next day to go see his concert and he sends a plane for her and her friend and they go to the concert and then he i'm missing the important bit in the car park i forgot that bit they have like this moment where she kind of sings about him and she makes up a song on the spot and then he kind of makes a more to the song and then he drags her on stage well he doesn't really drag her but he does encourage her to come on stage he coaxes her Mm -hmm. on stage and she uh, comes out and she sings and it's fabulous. Everything about this film is fabulous.
0: And then she gets more popular and she gets she gets more popular kind
2: of and he uh he can't really handle it that well because his own career isn't um isn't going too well and he's got a lot of issues and and it's just it's just a really flipping brilliant film. I love it.
0: You know New York New York with Dinera and Liz Manelli. Yeah. It's kind of similar at the start, isn't it? Like a little bit. He was the one who was always top of his game. She Mm. comes along. She starts doing better than him. He loses the head over that. And it ends up being an aggressive relationship. But I suppose in this movie, you know, Bradley Cooper's character, he doesn't as such take it out on Lady Gaga.
2: Not so much, but because he's taken it out on himself more so. And uh, I, I don't want to ruin the movie, though, by telling everybody what's, ah, who's not seen it but, to this but stage. But the really? dynamic
1: is that talented person wants to nurture new talent. Mm. Mm. And when the new talent surpasses them and the, the master becomes the teacher almost, mm. it hurts mm. yeah. no matter who you are. I mean, you know, it happened to Mr. Miyagi, it'll happen to anybody. <laughs> so tale is all the time. And even in the, the previous versions, I don't know if people are aware that how many versions of this film have been made. About know, five of or six, Four or five.
0: The 1976 one. Is it actually started
2: in the original. 30s. Oh, did it? Okay. Yes, it did. Judy
0: Garland? Judy no, Gar- no, 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 no.
2: Oh. Back in the 30s, it had a different name and it was, I can't even remember who was in it. Uh, it was Judy Garland was the, the, the 50s. 50s. And yeah. then Barbra Streisand was the
1: 70s with Chris Christopher. From memory, I think there's there's even shot for shot, never mind scene, but like mm-hmm. actual framing, blocking, mm-hmm. replication from one film to the next. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a scene where in the new movie where I think Bradley Cooper, correct me if I'm wrong, he says something like, you know, he calls her, he says, hey, kid, or whatever, Mm -hmm. and she turns and says, what? And he said, I just wanted to look at you one more time. Yeah. That exact scene, shot for shot, frame for frame, blocking, you know, mid-shot, he turns Mm -hmm. left, is repeated in three of the movies. Mm -hmm. The same shot, the same dialogue, phraseology of the exact line might be slightly different, Mm -hmm. like, hey, kid, or hey, girl, or whatever. I
0: think Bradley Cooper just goes, hey.
2: Yeah. And it's <laughs>
1: it's literally shot for shot. So yeah. And if
0: any guy uses that in a nightclub today it would probably still work for them. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh it'd work <laughs> for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.
0: Yeah. So a, a star is born, would it work if it didn't have the soundtrack? No. No absolutely not.
1: She, So the soundtrack she, makes, she makes it. She makes the absolutely.
2: movie. Absolutely. And he makes the movie like he mm. is a great singer. As he well directed
1: as the movie. He started the movie. It's his, is this a directing debut? Debut, yes. And I mean, he's Bradley Cooper. He has mm-hmm. the best six pack in the world. I oh, hate yes. him. He's super talented, a handsome <laughs> guy. After my husband. And when he can turn around and <laughs> direct himself in a film that's generated Oscar buzz. And he almost kind of plays second fiddle mm-hmm. in terms of character and star power against yeah. Lady Gaga. It's an amazing feat.
0: Yeah. He had an eight-minute standing ovation when it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. Class. Wow. And you can't even get people to stand that long at mass. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> there was an interesting bit of trivia as well from the movie that I came across where Bradley Cooper had to undergo a full body spray tan every day and endure menthol around his eyes to look bloodshot and high. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. He's a, I think he's a method actor, is
1: he? Oh, he's complete method. I mean, he's, uh, he's a super fit guy, as, no, as in he's normally fit. Mm. And, for example, when he did the A-Team, he, the director wanted him to be ridiculously shredded. So the story goes that he ate nothing but apples, like kind of Christian Bale style, just mm. to be complete, almost dehydrated. So that when they have the shot with him with a shirt off, just to get the impact of this fabulous physique, mm. he just ate an apple. Like, we get hungry, have an apple get hungry 20 minutes later have another apple and minimal water so his muscles were shredded, dehydrated kind of bodybuilder show level so his commitment to you know the role is pretty big that's right mm.
0: because I eat an apple every day and it's definitely not working
1: <laughs> <laughs> just an apple Gary <laughs> just exclusively <an> apple. apples
0: <laughs> okay so out of five what are we giving A Star Is Born six ooh mm-hmm. that's the highest because Lisa that's you're very critical mm. but I just I'm shocked. I was
2: in tears at the end of this film and it takes a lot for me to cry Because I'm not a crier. Uh, When it comes to movies, it takes a lot for me to cry. So at the end of this, I was literally bawling my eyes out. Went to the bathroom. I was still crying in the bathroom. I came out and I was like, oh God. And I went into the car. I was still crying in the car. I was just completely moved by this film. And uh, like I wasn't moved by the other two A Star Is Born movies. Mm. But this one just, I think just the music itself on its own because I had the soundtrack the second it came out I was like following it on Spotify I was like hurry on and put it on the
0: playlist It was number one in Ireland straight away It was class Probably all over
2: Yeah it's just it's just beautiful and I could I could listen to the soundtrack all day long and watch this movie over and over again I love it number six Wow, Six out of five by the way
1: I'm going to say four out of five because (laughs) though it's a very good movie Um, the fact that it's a remake of a remake of a remake, for me, just, uh, I'm kind of sick of that. That's like every James Bond movie, isn't it? Listen, (gasps) don't go there now. Careful, that's a whole other show. (laughs) Not shot for shot, (laughs) line for line, blocking for blocking. But in terms, that's in a whole other series. (laughs) But in terms of, um, one of the things that pushes it up for me is the fact, just like Lisa's reaction there, and I have other friends who are equally sceptical and stoic, and they were blubbering coming out of this film. And I mean, you know, not to be sexist, but, you know, hardened men who drink pints mm-hmm. coming out gone. I love that movie. So <laughs> it, I got to give it a good solid four. I'm just going to be um, a little bit Less enthusiastic in my first f- star giving <laughs> in this show.
0: So, that is A Star is Born, directed by Bradley Cooper, a movie that you are going to see pretty much everywhere and anywhere for I'd say the next 10 years. It's going to be on the telly every Christmas. Ad so. nauseum, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Okay. Next up, let's take a look and listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs>
3: I oh, didn't know his fancy dress for it. You look like an angry lizard. You've Got to make an impression, darling. So, tell me, what makes Queen any different from all of the other wannabe rock stars, I mean. Tell you what it is, Mr. Reed. Yeah! Now, we're four misfits who don't belong together. We're playing for other misfits. You're the outcasts right at the back of the room. We're pretty sure they don't belong either. We belong to them. So now the family name's not good enough for you. Changed
1: it legally. Not looking back. We want to do something different. It's my money.
0: I say, what goes? We can't simply repeat ourselves. No.
3: We can do better.
2: Freddie, could you tell us about the rumors concerning your sexuality?
0: Queen, how long can that last? You don't make decisions for the bank.
2: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry. Just head over to gkmedia.ie where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting
1: gkmedia.ie
0: There you go. That's a clip from the Queen movie directed by Brian Singer who, of course, brought us Usual Suspects, X-Men, many other movies. But, of course, he didn't actually get to finish the film because... There was a bit of argy-bargy on set mm-hmm. because I think he was just quite absent for a while and our lead actor was given off to the producers and the brand singer got mm-hmm. the boot and someone else had to step in and finish it. But this movie, is, it's had a bit of history because originally Borat, mm-hmm. also probably better known
1: as... Sasha Baron Cohen. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: was to play Freddie Mercury. And um, I don't know who knows too much about the history of that.
2: No, that's a different, a different version. It's not the same movie. It's a different version of Freddie Mercury, Mm. but it's not Bohemian Rhapsody as this one is.
0: But I think the original plan was because Queen have the rights, yeah, the film rights, and the original plan was to make more of Freddie Mercury biopic. Oh, and they didn't like how it was more about Freddie Mercury and his vaudeville lifestyle, Mm -hmm. shall we say, Mm. and uh, because they wanted more to be about the band. Yeah, yeah, and then. They had that picture scrapped, oh. and then this one came to fruition. That's my understanding. Yeah, okay. I mean
1: it's it's a very complicated thing, and it's kind of reflected in the story, of, and the reality and the history of. Freddie kind of ran away with himself, and then he got off for this, you know, Robbie Williams esque, uh, uh, you, you know, contract, contract to mm. do his own thing, and he left the band behind, and he didn't. This was
0: in '83, then, is it? This
1: was, this would have been '83, '84, yeah. And then it went belly up. Really, his music wasn't very good. He, he, he no, his solo music mm-hmm. wasn't as, it wasn't Queen. Mm-hmm. It was Living on My Own. What a classic! Yes, but it wasn't Queen. Yeah. And his life fell apart. His personal life, etc. And when he realized this, and he went back to Queen, he realized Queen is Queen is Queen. And the mm. band were after that when they reconciled. It's even in the movie that that. Uh, Everything was split four ways. There was none of this. Oh, I wrote that and mm-hmm. I'm going to get more royalties. But there
0: was originally, be- because I read Jim Hutton's biography, who was Freddie Mercury's lover, partner for the latter years of his mm-hmm. life, who was mm-hmm. a man from Roscommon. Yes,
1: indeed. Oh,
0: right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot Played of, by an Irishman too. A lot of the tension started off when Freddie Mercury had, he wrote Bohemian Rhapsody, and then Roger Taylor wrote another song like something about driving my car or something. Oh yeah. And one was on the A side, the other was on the B side. Mm-hmm. But Roger Taylor was getting the same royalties as Freddie Mercury was, even though everyone was really just buying the record because Bohemian Rhapsody was on it. Wow. Yeah. And that's what started kicking off the tension. Years later, they said, look, let's just put it down as Queen or our four names. So yeah. it's cutting out all that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that was starting back in the and late 70s. That uh, yeah.
1: And that that ethos after Freddie died and this movie came forth, that same ethos of, look, it's about Queen not about Freddie. Mar- now, obviously, the movie is heavy on Freddie. Mm. Um, but the band feature usually. For me, personally, my favorite actor is Joseph Mazzello, who's the little kid from Jurassic Park. He plays the bass player in the band. Anybody remember that?
0: No. From the original that's Jurassic, the guy Park. From Jurassic Park. the little
1: kid, Joseph yeah, Mazzello. From John Deacon. From, he plays John no Deacon. No You know, dum, dum, dum. Another one by oh Steve. My God, He it is, yeah. wrote that Jeez. riff. You're right. And Joseph Mazzello played that character. And for he me Tim. He played Tim and Jurassic yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was the little boy. He is a fabulous actor. And I every time I see him, I love him. As soon as I saw him, even though the movie is about Freddie Mercury and Remy Malik and the fabulous character, every time he's in the shot, I couldn't take my eyes off and I thought he was fabulous. No. And he stole the show for me.
0: And ironically, John Deacon really has nothing got to do with Queen anymore.
2: Yeah. Oh. Is what? he dead? No no.
0: <laughs> no, no, no.
1: he's very, <laughs> he's
0: probably very, 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 very wealthy right now. Oh, I'd oh. imagine. Yeah. 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 But it, like he hung up his hat after the, the Live Aid concert in yeah. 91, 92, ah. uh, whereas Roger Taylor and Brian May kind of kept, kept, kept it going. going. Mm. But oh, he was, yeah. you know, he was classic he
1: Queen. Up. He made his money. He got it. He, he was there for whatever. What is it? 13, 14 mm. years of Queen. And he... The ba- Freddie died, and he said goodbye. Yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. two boys, for whatever reason, just creative reasons, they kept going. But I think we're talking more about Queen than the <laughs> movie. We need to talk about the movie. Yes,
2: <laughs> let's let's get back to Bar- but Barstacks. are we glad
0: that the movie is about Queen? as to me, it would have been more interesting having a movie about Freddie Mercury because he mm. was really
2: there was enough of Freddie in it. I thought,
0: but he's the more interesting person out of them. But he but I
2: thought they they did focus plenty on him. I don't think it like they didn't go into the background of Brian May or Roger Taylor or John Deacon. They just focused mostly on Freddie. So I, did, I didn't see it being like and like I loved the parts where they were the band together and mm. when they were like making the albums and stuff. I thought that was, that's my fun mm. part because I love bands watching rockumentaries and things like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I thought they, they focused pretty much on Mostly Freddie.
1: Well, for me, it's like Bohemian Rhapsody is the name of their song, mm-hmm. the song that defined them. And... That's the name of the song that defined them. The song came from Freddie Mercury's mind, performed by the band. So I think it's a perfect mix of title, you know, focusing on the Queen, the band, leaning heavily on Freddie. Mm. And my favorite moment in the movie is um, the man who lost Queen, the the record producer. Played by
2: Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Brilliant. And he
1: has this line that says, uh, Mamma Mia, let me go. That'll never be headbanged by anybody. Anywhere. And the irony of Wayne's (laughs) World, it just tickled me pink, that particular reference. But I thought that the balance of the movie in terms of the story with Freddie was heavy, as you said, um, Lisa, but it wasn't Mm. the overriding thing. Queen were there in Mm. the movie as well. But uh, I think it was balanced quite well. Yeah.
0: It has gotten a lot of mixed reviews Mm. since it has come out. People, as I said, do have issued that the story that was told didn't need to be told as such about the band or the fact that it ends... With that big concert in 1985, which kind of gave them a, a, another go at
2: it. It could have been a completely different film. It could film. have been a more controversial had they, movie, Had they suppose, added another it? half an hour and given like the last couple of years of Freddie's life, it would have been a completely different yeah. film. It would have been a really sad film. But I thought to, to end on Live Aid was class. It was like a, a good way to go. Go out with a bang.
1: Well, if you compare it to the likes of Walk the Line, mm. which is, you know, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. that's it. And obviously, you know, June, his wife, his mm-hmm. second wife. That's about Johnny Cash's life. Mm-hmm. He's a kid, what, out to find him, He finding himself, the drugs, the life, the recovery, old man, He his life, and then he's dead. Bohemian Rhapsody is more about a song from a great band and they just happen to have a person in it that had a very tumultuous life, you know, AIDS, etc. And, you know, this fan flamboyant character. So it's a different story to tell. So you're talking about the peaks and troughs of the life of of a band. Mm -hmm. And the peak of their existence by many people's measures was Live Aid. Mm -hmm. And that moment where they stole the show from the biggest show in the world Mm -hmm. at the last minute they reformed. Freddie had his news and they stole the biggest show in the world. And we, like I'm old enough to remember it. I watched it on TV and when I watched it back in the movie I was there. I was like wow I remember that effect. And so it wasn't just about one person's life. It was about a shared experience of Live Aid, Queen. A lot of people never even heard of Queen before Live Aid. And then they went, oh my God, these guys have been around for seven or eight years. And they heard all their crack classic songs and then sales skyrocketed. So it wasn't just a Freddie Mercury story. So Mm -hmm. for me, I thought it was really well made and balanced. Yep.
0: Pretty good. Excellent. Okay. Out of five? Four. Okay. Mm -hmm. Four for me too. Lisa, it equals A Star is Born in Dave's Eyes. Ooh, (laughs) (laughs) 3.75. No. Okay, excellent. That is Bohemian Rhapsody. Getting mixed reviews actually has a higher rating currently on Mm. IMDb than A Star is Born, which is quite surprising because a few weeks ago, or maybe two weeks ago, it was like five point something Mm -hmm. at one stage on IMDb. So I think people have gotten over the fact that it's not the movie that they thought it was going to be Mm. and to just maybe go in and enjoy enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Okay, next up, we are going to be chatting about the RTE new comedy show, which has just finished up after six episodes finding joy.
2: Can't afford marketing personnel for your business? Don't worry, just head over to gkmedia.ie, where you could have your very own professional marketing team for less than 100 euro per week. Check out our marketing solutions packages by visiting gkmedia.ie.
0: Welcome back. Well, the latest comedy offering from RTE is a six-part TV series called Finding Joy. Let's take a listen to one of the episodes with its lead actress, Amy Huberman. Get
3: up, get dressed and get happy. Fuck off, I am happy, you fuckers. Oh, Jesus, that's a relief. Sorry. That's okay, Joy. We're learning to deal with this in our own way. Why is she laughing? Oh my God, he's not back, is he? I can't smell his stuff anywhere. I can smell him from three miles away. I'm a dog, for God's sake. Yes. What? What now? Shit. Shit, shit or shit, shit. Aiden. Oh Jesus, it's a shit on the bed. Oh God, why do I keep doing that? There you go. That's
0: a clip taken from Finding Joy which has been on RTE television for the last few weeks and you can still catch it on the RTE player. Uh, Amy Hooverman playing the lead title of Joy and she also wrote it and uh, little did I know that uh, Amy has been doing a little bit of writing for a number of years because she actually has written two novels. Indeed she has. We'll be chatting to Amy soon as well so stay tuned for that. But folks, what did you think of Finding Joy which is I suppose a about this woman in her 30s who was, had a long-term boyfriend and uh, it, kinda, it didn't work out and she's trying to find joy in her life again and goes through all these... W- I have to be careful. I can't call them weird scenarios. Happenstances. Mm. W- no, but there's people out there who like... Do these things. Do these things like yeah. cooking trees and hot yeah. yoga and stuff like that. And
2: they're not weird. They're not they're weird. They're just alternative.
0: You know? Al- so she tries alternative ways to find, find her happiness find her happiness again.
1: find her joy find her joy, find her joy. Find her joy yes. mm-hmm. well let's refer to let's defer to the almost 30 year old lady in the room and see what <laughs> she thinks <laughs> you're see funny thinks. Yeah,
0: you found your joy I yeah. Yeah, sure did
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, I don't want to <laughs> jinx it um, what you call it yeah I really liked this Is it's funny comedy from RTE yay that isn't actually Cringy. terrible yeah. and it isn't PJ Gallagher and it isn't another man or it isn't Jason Byrne I know offence <coughs> to the men in the room mm. but it, it's you know it gets a bit boring when it's always guys that get the funding for stuff on RTE and then it well, Sharon Horgan's been
0: trained there for a while with comedy but mm. I but think they've but all fallen flat is she kind compared of more to how mm. great catastrophe is
2: mm. yeah but this is, that's not RTE again that's Channel 4 isn't it
1: it yeah, but she's been knocking on the door of RTE, similar to Father Ted, where, mm. you know, uh, poor old Dermot, God rest him, was knocking on the door of R T and they ignored him and ignored him and they dragged him up the garden path a few times. But when he actually got what he needed to give us the joy that is Father Ted, mm-hmm. he got it overseas. So Sharon Horgan uh, is point, in a similar point situation. Point of
2: interest, they never actually applied for funding from RTE.
1: Oh yeah, but Fa- Father Trendy. Was the originator of Father Ted, which was on RTE mm-hmm. on various shows, mm-hmm. and RTE didn't see any potential in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, 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 we can all speculate. We've heard stories. We don't know the actual facts. But uh, to Lisa, Lisa's point there about finally RTE, we shouldn't be RTE bashing because they've done mm-hmm. a great job. But, you know, the, the sentiment of, oh, RTE are finally doing something good, I have to agree with her. It is funny. Mm. And that is the purpose of comedy. We can analyze it a bit more, and we will. But mm. if it's comedy, and it makes you laugh, it's doing its job. You know, if you're thirsty, you drink water. If you want to laugh and something makes you laugh, it's good comedy. So I was Mm sceptical because um, it's RTE and they don't have a great history of comedy.
0: (laughs) No, they don't. Like, they really only have a comedy department set up in the last couple of years. Mm. And The Young Offenders is one of the first big successes. But that follows on from the success of the movie.
1: But, you know, The Young Offenders didn't come from RTE. And again, we're back to the RTE bashing, but... (laughs) um, I was sceptical because it's Amy Huberman and she sells Newbridge silver and she's married to a very famous rugby player. And she has done several other t- projects with RTE and it's almost like she's the golden girl. And if she came in with a, you know, a smeared toilet roll, they'd say, let's green light this. And you kind of get this. Oh, they love her. Mm. And I was sceptical because I thought, oh, they're just pandering because she's a face and she sells Newbridge silver and what have you. So I was immediately sceptical. And... Within moments of watching it, the first scene, I was like, okay, this is different. I wasn't expecting this. It's brave. It's bold. It's a little bit too crass for my personal tastes in terms of a lot of toilet humour and vulgarity that, unfortunately, is funny. Mm -hmm. You know, it is funny. But I think it's just they're doing it too much. They're hitting these vulgar notes too much, like four or five times in an episode. Mm. And then you kind of go, that was weird. And then you watch the second episode, and there's more of it. And it's like, okay, it's funny. It's getting the last, but, you know, there are other places you can get the last, but... It 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 is funny. It's sharp, and I have to say, I've I've worked with Amy Huberman on previous productions before she was Amy Huberman. She was just an actress, mm-hmm. and um, she was just an actress doing her work. And as Lisa said, she's a talented lady. She's written books. She's she wrote this. She's lead actress in it, and it's self deprecating. She there's a certain Bridget Jones ish mm-hmm. kind of you know pulling at her own frailties and she's not afraid to look silly or ugly even though it's very hard to make her look ugly she's a very pretty lady mm-hmm. but um, I was pleasantly surprised I have to say
2: yep delighted
0: and she is actually really
1: nice of course
2: yeah. she is well, she's very fabulous like she's
0: gorgeous course. looking and she's really you, you, nice you, you just
1: hope that she's a wagon yeah yeah <laughs> she's but not. she's not <laughs> She's not. So
0: you enjoyed it, Lisa. You were sceptical as well, Uh, as as was I, to be honest.
2: Absolutely. I was like, oh, do I have to watch this? And I was like, yay. It was actually enjoyable.
0: I just thought it was at times a little bit too preachy. Sometimes I think an American audience appreciate being told the way you should be. Like even last night I was watching... Because I got Sky Cinema, mm. very excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got the Welcome e- to green club. light in the house. Yes, mm. so I got Sky Cinema. So I downloaded about forty movies, and last night I decided to watch Justice League. And again, at the, at the start, I noticed it was very preachy. It was going on about racism in America and climate change. Mm. And I was like, oh, look, I didn't sit down to yeah. watch For
1: a, a movie to be pre- yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Mm. And I just thought elements. I didn't find, I'll find it
2: preachy. I find enjoy were a bit preachy.
1: Well, uh, possibly, but I think they were less preachy, more self helpy. Mm. More kind of, this is what you can do and face your fears. And you know, she's Paris or uh, pa- para, what, you Paris, what? Um, abseiling. thank you. Mm. And she's abseiling, and you face your fears. And I mean, there's lots of cringe worthy kind of, there's lots of elements of really good classic comedy in there, like in betweeners, you know, cr- mm. cr- pure, r- unrealistic, cringe worthy stuff that if it happened in real life, you would just say, I'm out of here. You mm. wouldn't face it down. Um, you know, where she's being thrust into this new job by her maniacal bosses and she's forcing herself to do it and she has this wonderful friend who's forcing her to do things mm. and then she goes to a a boxing thing and she happens to meet the, the, few, the, the, the current f- girlfriend her ex-boyfriend girlfriend. this kind of you know contrived sitcom stuff but it somehow it works and I, f- I found it quite brave and fresh and then you know the little subplots of you know the richness of the subplots of where she goes to her she goes to she has to go to this um, health farm, and she has nobody to go with so mm. her best friend is like I can't go I'm you know going to pop I'm pregnant I'm nine months pregnant ready to go so she goes and begs her mother but her mother is too busy because her father has had some blue pills and they're rekindling and they're slapping each other in the bum in their dressing gowns out the front of the house and she's mortified and it just adds layers of comedy and I have to say I thought Amy Huberman was a revelation in this mm-hmm. I I mean the previous show she did with the, um, the lawyer won the serious show oh, that Can't Go, Won't cope. Yes yeah, yeah. No, the previous one you know, the No, se- no, oh, no, no Striking, striking, striking Out, out yeah. which again was pretty decent piece of work I didn't it didn't grab me but I watched a few episodes this is a huge departure for her and I think this is where she needs to be comedy mm. She's got to pull on the faces Yeah, isn't she, she like is and, and she wrote it as well Yeah, yeah. and my personal favourite is the dog Yeah, yeah. love and the dog and the voiceover it's a lovely little Who extra piece the dog? Good question
2: Human Aiden is a uh, Peter Mero. Oh Peter, Peter MacDonald. Ah. He was in
0: I Went Down and mm.
2: And plenty of other things. Yeah. But he did his
0: his voice is brilliant. I actually thought it was your man Al Porter. I thought it was his way of kinda of coming back again no, into the scene. Oh
1: no, let's let's not go there. No. Not on the not on not with a microphone in front of me. Thanks very much.
0: <laughs> it's unfortunate I suppose that we were so sceptical about whether this would be good or not. But it's it's no reflection on the, the producers, the writers, the stars of the show. But mm. I just think Dave, you kind of articulated it very well. Amy is kind of the golden girl at the moment in RT. And RT, when they put independent productions together, sometimes they are a disaster. So Mm. you can be a little bit sceptical. Yeah, But yeah, it is good. Six episodes have aired.
2: I want to see more. Uh, Yeah, I've only seen
1: three. And I will watch the rest of them because I I genuinely think that RT, and again, no offence to RT, but I think RT are very much um, punching above their weight here. And we need to, with the help of shows like this, we need to remove the stigma from RTE mm. and give them credit because mm. they've done a great job. And Amy Huberman is a talented lady. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. Dave Coyne for Taoiseach.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, that is Finding Joy, I'm sure. Um, we'll be seeing uh, the second series next year. It's getting mixed reactions, but some of the reviews are just silly. Like, it's not funny. That's, that's like the reviews that's, been put up online and yeah.
2: stuff yeah uh, keyboard warriors yeah yeah,
0: exactly so do give it a watch it is on the rte player but as i said i did catch up with the wonderful amy huberman there you go and uh this is me i'm having uh, a little chat with amy at the fesh summit amy huberman thank you for joining us this afternoon here in galway congratulations on your new tv series finding joy people would know you certainly in ireland as an actress you wrote two novels so yeah. this is not your first turn at writing
3: no, but um, I, I guess it's been a, a good few years now since I wrote the books. And I'd been writing a film script for the last few years, well, a couple of years ago. And then uh, myself and Rebecca Flanagan from Treasure, we put an idea into the BAI with a, a script and an outline for the series. And then I forgot about it because you get really used to it as an actor or you're going, I don't even know if anything's ever going to happen with that. And then we got the call before Christmas two years ago going, yeah, you're, you've got development. You've got not just development funding, you've got production funding. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Gosh! Then I just, I kind of, I, I knew what I was doing acting wise, so I kind of cordoned off a little bit of time for myself, got lost in that, got myself an office, went, right, let's hit this head on. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I've read enough scripts over the years when you're auditioning, when you're doing all that stuff to kind of go, right, I'm going to try my hand at this. I'm going to do it. It's, it's now or never.
0: But going from writing a novel where it's just yourself maybe dealing with a publisher and that's it, it's a lot more collaborative when you're writing a script. You have so many chiefs involved and in giving their own opinion. And often afterwards, a writer can feel that their work was saturated too much by too many opinions. Did you have that difficulty?
3: Not at all. Do you know, the environment that I worked in was really supportive. And in a way, you want opinion as well, especially with comedy. You're like, is it, you want somebody to go, this is working or not? <laughs> because and I, and I always said that going into this, like I, I'd never written a TV thing before. I'd never got involved in that side so I wanted as much help as I could get and I was open to that and I think once I knew and I was happy with the comedy in it, the story with the voice that it was I I wanted to take I wanted to take advice I wanted it to be a collaborative thing because it's less scary when it is as well like the process of writing the book was so different because I did lock myself away in a cave and I had worked with one editor and so we just had our own little thing and then it gets published and it's out in the world where you know you're used to being on a set and you, you know how big that is you know how collaborative that is and then you know seeing the different stages through of this was very different but it had been a long time since i'd written the books so i guess i i, I know the film world i know the tv world i know that you know the producers and cast and crew and everything so i know that it's busy so yeah i i i found i found the process different but i i loved it
0: Do you find, though, that, you know, when you're writing a script, that you need a certain method to kind of go away and sit down and get the ideas together? So, for instance, some people might go to a beach and sit down for the day writing, or they put on their favorite soundtrack.
3: I just have to sit and do it. I don't think a huge amount about the script when I'm not there. I realize that I only really have about two or three good hours in me a day. And I think that I can faff and I can procrastinate as much as the next person. But I think if I, and some days are better than others, there's days where I'm staring at the wall. But even if I do even half a page that has got so something, a kernel of something that will lead to something else. I'm like, okay, it hasn't been a total waste of time. Other days it flows and it comes out. I find that watching good comedy is really inspirational. I feel that sometimes getting out of, been to LA for work in the last two years and I stayed on for an extra few days. I can stay in a friend's house. I love being in charge of my own time and having a little bit of distance, perspective on life stuff and getting away out of your regular routine. And then I'm kind of ready to come back and do the day-to-day life. I used to write at night, can't do that anymore. I have young children. So I get up really early and i do it then and that's where my brain is kind of sharpest (laughs) because i have to go to bed early but yeah i've kind of found a new routine that works for me
0: finally then it's a comedy that you wrote and we were talking about you can't just have a constant gag reel can you talk to me a little bit about just finding the truth in the story and that the comedy is just an extra layer really to it
3: well the, the for me the gags are always built around the heart of it and for me, the best comedy is comedy that is co- comedy drama. The comedy that does have a heart. That it's not just trying to have gags for the sake of it. You still want to make people laugh. You still want to have like comedy set pieces that are that you know that you allow indulge in the comedy of them rather than of in the heart of them. But I think so long as we're looking at the episode and it telling a story and it having beats of drama and comedy, and taking people on a journey with it, hopefully that was what the intention. So it kind of you know oscillates in and out of these little pockets of comedy and drama and some that you know that take up the space of both and that that can and that you're telling the stories that are important to people through comedic way
0: thank you lisa and dave for joining us today in our gk media recording studios in galway city and uh, thank you for listening to just like in the movies brought to you by gkmedia.ie if you'd like to get in touch with us movies at gkmedia.ie until we talk to you next week take care bye bye <music>